Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. today. I'm so excited. Feeling feeling anticipation. Y'all look good. I love worshiping with you guys. Oh, I love it so much. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to dive right in. I have been feeling this season of shaking that we are all in. Are we are y'all with me that it's a season? It's just shaking. <laughs> Amen. It's a wild season, and I think some people are having great, great experiences and breakthroughs in business and breakthroughs in family, and some people are having hard times and isolating times, and I think there's every feeling across the board, but we are in a shaking season, and I don't want to let it pass without being refined by the fire of the Lord. He, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to look back and be like, wow, that was weird. Okay. (laughs) That's a miss. Now, this is a season that there's tons lost and stolen, and the enemy is that. He is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is not of God. But in this season, God is inviting us into something And I am not going to miss it. He is refining. He is refining by fire. So I never really knew what it was like to refine metal. (laughs) So I did a little Googling yesterday, a little research. (laughs) Um, So a refiner of metals will sit with a metal over the fire. And... The metal is too valuable to leave unattended. So the refiner is sitting with it for an extended period of time. And the the heat of the fire causes the impurities to start bubbling up out of the metal. Okay, y'all getting this analogy? So there's impurities. They're rising to the surface, and the refiner starts brushing them away. And then he can look at himself in this piece of metal, and he's like, okay, I'm starting to see my image in this metal. Let's put it back in the fire. So he puts it back in the fire. More impurities raised to the surface. There's dull impurities. They're revealed. He brushes it off. He looks, oh, more of his image is right there. We're refined and made spotless in the fire. So Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, he speaks of this vision. And he has this vision. I'll read a little bit of it to you. In the year of King Uzziah, Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. So there's glory, and he's not supposed to be in that temple. But the seraphim, which are these birds, I guess, (laughs) I don't know, Um, they flew to him with a coal, 
a coal of the fire. And with the seraphim pulls the coal out of the altar and he puts it on the lips and says, your guilt is taken away and your sins are atoned for. There's purification that happens in the fire. So we're talking about what happens when we are refined by fire today. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, it says, For God's not called us for impurity, but to holiness. And deep within me, y'all, I just keep feeling this cry for holiness. He is inviting us to live a life that is set apart, that is holy, that is like no other. In 1 John 3, 3, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. So in this refiner, this guy sitting by this fire, tending to this metal for an extended period of time, not leaving it because it's too valuable, brushing off the impurities, he starts to see the likeness of himself. The father starts to see his likeness in us as he brushes off the impurities that, oh, stuff's rising to the surface. We're going to get rid of that stuff. Oh, that doesn't look like me. Okay, that's okay. That doesn't look like me. And so I've been just in awe of the Lord. This week, as he has just been in a refining process. And so, so I feel like what matters about refining is our heart position. And a tender heart is just one of the most valuable commodities in this refining process. You know, there's a great line in one of Zana's songs, we've heard it before, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I just want to be raw and be near to him. And from that place, I think he can adjust anything. So I'm, I'm asking the Lord, God, what's a tender heart look like? Because it's really easy for my heart to get hard. And, uh, and so about two weeks ago, I just felt the Lord invade my heart with his tenderness. And you all, just kind of in your mind, just envision what your heart feels like when it's tender. So mine, it feels super compassionate. I hear someone share a heartache and I'm like, oh, my heart's going out to you. I feel so moved by his voice. I feel a sweetness in worship that I don't feel when my heart is not tender. Um, my emotions feel thin but they feel blown, but blown by him. Like, I'm like, oh, he cares about that. I really care about that too. And, and they, I feel moved by his eye. You know, if you're married and you're at a party with your spouse, you look across the room and you're like, oh, he's ready. He's ready to go. Okay. I caught that look. I know that look. It's being moved by the father's eye. On the contrary, I could totally be in my own world, totally miss the look. 30 minutes later, 
are you not ready yet? Sorry, I missed the look. But <laughs> there is something there that when we are sensitive with that tender heart, we are looking for his eye. And all parents know, you can parent with your eye. You're like, mm, that's not right. You know, you know better. <laughs> we Brownleys don't do that. <laughs> I want to be sensitive to his ways. Um, it always talks about being childlike. And my children are 7, 9, and 11, and they are just just a really great age, really enjoyable most of the time. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> but we have had some, they've been um, a homeschooled co-op this year, and so they're around me all the time. And uh, so they just walk in, and I'm listening to a podcast, or they drive with me to work. <laughs> they, they're around a lot. And so, you know, our life is not our own so often, and what's, what, I'm listening to podcasts, and my seven-year-old is, he's like in his own world until he hears one line of a podcast. He's like, Mom, I have a thought. I have a question. So we've had some crazy conversations in this season, and, uh, but they remind me of being childlike, and so my youngest, uh, you know, I listen to this we, he's, the kids didn't know what abortion was. In this political climate, you hear about it. And, and I, I started explaining abortion. And they looked just so grieved. And it was this deep conviction. I was like, oh, that is the right response. <laughs> that is the response of our father. That is a tender heart of a seven-year-old and I felt conviction, like, I've, I, I know what it is. Uh, it, you know, I know it's wrong. But I captured their heart in their response. And I was like, oh, that's why God's telling me to be childlike. What a beautiful, tender heart before the Lord. The other day, I'm in the kitchen. I'm cleaning dishes, you know listening to a podcast, and it's about race. And my seven-year-old, again, he comes in. He's like, Mom, I'm so thankful for Martin Luther King. Out of the blue. I know. I'm like, I'm like, buddy, me too. Me too. Why are you thankful? He's like, well, we wouldn't go to school with our black friends if he wasn't around. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then he says, and mom, that would be so sad. And I'm like, tell me more. Keep going, buddy. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, this friend, I wouldn't know them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And those boys on my soccer team, I wouldn't know them. I'm like, I know. He's like, and you wouldn't know Zayna. And that'd be so sad. He loves Zayna. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know. And then he said, mom, it's so wonderful that we're all different. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's kind of like we're all superheroes, he said. And how boring would it be if we all had the same superpower? <laughs> I'm getting schooled by my seven-year-old. <laughs> He's like, but it's so wonderful that we all have different superpowers. <laughs> and I just look at him, and I'm just blown away by the tenderness of heart. And God says, be childlike. 
okay, I want to be that. I want to grow up to be like you. (laughs) I know when my heart is tender because I feel the still, small voice. I feel that little nudge of the Spirit. I feel guided by His eye. But it's expensive. That sensitivity to the Holy Spirit costs you something. (laughs) It is not easy. It is not easy. It is not easy to feel what the Lord feels. It's not easy to have your heart broken for what breaks his. It costs you something. And in that, I love what Justin was saying about condemnation. That is not for us believers. But this tender heart is where conviction comes. And we need it. And I want it. And it costs me something in the same breath. I want it, but it hurts. He's calling us to holiness and to being set apart. And I need his conviction for me to look different than the world. The world is crying out for us to look different. They just don't know it. (laughs) They want it. They don't know it. They're looking for someone who's carrying real hope. We're only going to carry real hope (laughs) with a tenderness to his spirit. Otherwise, it's manufactured or it's in something that's going to fail. I have to keep that dove on my shoulder. I have to be... I have to be sensitive enough to say, ah, that TV show, it's not perfect. Is that, you know, it's a little easier to have a little bit of a harder heart. That's ah, fine. It's not affecting me. It's cost, it costs you something to keep a tender heart. It costs you the heart, the emotion, the... F- <sighs> Create in me a pure heart, Psalms 51. Can that be our cry, to create in me a pure heart? Now, the opposite of that tender heart looks like a hard heart. (laughs) And a hardened heart, you know, you kind of say, they can't hurt me. I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to put up a barrier. I'm going to put up a wall. I'm going to harden my heart so they can't hurt me. But in my experience, when we put up those walls and we limit those feelings, we're almost also limiting those feelings of joy that he has for us. We're just shrinking our ability to feel. He, we are, we are, the Lord created us to be sensitive. He wired in us a sensitivity that I can either grow and nurture or shut down with a hard heart. I watched this uh, social, I watched the first half of this Social Dilemma movie and it's, it's made, it's a documentary um, and it's made from the people that created Facebook, the early adapters, the people that created the like button on Facebook, you know that, that button. Um, that's, you know, that guy made some money on that button, I'm sure. Uh, the Instagram people, the Pinterest people, these are the people that 
you know, 10, 15 years ago were on the cutting edge. And the, the documentary, it is, it's, I'm watching people's sensitivity. And we are being sensitized to something. <laughs> and in this documentary, it's just, there's these, this teenager sitting there. And there's three guys behind a computer. They're just kind of showing what an algorithm does. And they're like, oh, we need him to pay attention. Let's show him this picture of his ex-girlfriend. We need him to pay attention. Let's send him this photo. Let's send him this joke. Whatever. They keep nudging him. And we are created to be sensitive to the nudge. <laughs> Who's nudging us? I don't want to go down a tangent <laughs> with social media. It's, it, it, there's... There's some value there, but I'm not going there. But our attention is for sale. <laughs> and we are going to be nudged by the Holy Spirit or by everything else. And I get to choose who nudges me. <laughs> a heart and heart, a heart gets hard quickest by offense. And everything in this season wants us to be offended. I've never had more opportunities in my entire life to be offended. Try this. What about this? Do you want to be offended by this? Oh, we'll try this one. Let's just nudge you every which way. You can go, I can go on my Instagram feed and in a matter of 30 seconds, I see a picture of my nephew who I want to hug. I see a picture of a friend at the beach who I'm jealous of because it's so cold here. I see a tragedy that I didn't know about that happened 20 minutes ago that breaks my heart. And I just got nudged in three crazy emotional different ways in a matter of 30 seconds. And that is the reality we live in. And so... Where am I inviting the nudges from? I want to be so nudged by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be in right field, left field, outfield. I don't want to do this with my brain. I want him to guide me with his eye. I have a good friend, and she started this exercise um, of keeping her heart soft. And so every morning, she asks these three questions. What do I need to grieve? What do I need to forgive? And where do I need to repent? What do I need to grieve? What do I need to forgive? And where do I need to repent? She said, his mercies are new every morning. And she has something to repent, forgive, grieve every morning. But man, that is like tending to my heart. That actually is protecting this tenderness that the Holy Spirit wants to guide with his eye. So when the Lord starts this refining in the fire this wonderful and painful and daily process. I'm not saying that your heart's either hard or soft. 
My heart's hard and soft multiple times a day. (laughs) When we start allowing the fire to refine us, holiness comes. I allow him to purify my heart. He's brushing off these impurities. He's looking at himself. Okay, I'm starting to see me in you. (laughs) You're becoming in my likeness. Holy means different, unlike the likeness of nature with the Lord because you are different from the world. Can we be the people who are so different from the world? We would be the most successful version of us if we are just so radiating the goodness of God that we look different. (laughs) So in John 17, this is um, when Jesus, he's, he's about to go to the cross. In John 17, verse 16, he says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, set them apart. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. What are we doing? We're not looking like the world. We're being sent to the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified, set apart, (laughs) in truth. I don't ask for those only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all become one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are in one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. It's all so good. Just keep reading. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You guys, we have more content flying at us these days than any other time in history, I would venture to bet. But there's also beautiful content. I can listen to Romans when I clean the kitchen. In two days, I'm through Romans. That's never happened on my Bible app. You can pump the truth into your life. We have got to be in this more than we are in anything else. It is available to us. I mean, I'm a mom. I have little kids all over. It is still an invitation. Push play on my Bible app, and I'm through Romans by tomorrow. <laughs> I just discovered the Bible Project. I'm so, so late to the game. But it is a website with just great biblical truths put to like six-minute little cartoons. It's amazing. 
get the word in us. He said, (laughs) sanctify them, set us apart in the truth. Your word is truth. It's our cry to be sanctified. It's our cry to be set apart. We are being discipled no matter what. The question is by whom? I want to be discipled by his ways, by the way he walked, by the way he talked, by the word of God, by his word to me, whispering in still small voice, that whisper in our ear. His voice narrows our focus. Everything wants us to have this broad focus. Oh, I could do this, or oh, I feel this way, or oh, that post made me feel this. We are, our attention's for sale, and I want my focus to be narrowed and not broadened. A tender heart, the Lord touches and narrows our focus and our eyes on him. A hardened heart, it just expands our focus to everything, and he becomes just this tiny sliver of the pie. And we're tossed by the waves. We're blown by every wind of teaching and the deceitful schemes. I want to be so grounded in that still small voice. I keep coming back to this vision I had a couple years ago. And, you know, it was this moment like, Lord, how do you touch a city? We live in Atlanta. We have church in a field. (laughs) What are we doing? And I, you know, the first thing I saw, I don't share this one apart, but... I saw um, myself laying down in a room and there were a bunch of glass whiteboards or, you know, kind of glass boards. Etched on them were blueprints of how to touch a city. <laughs> so I'm coming in this room and there's just glass upon glass standing up straight as if you're in a granite yard. And, um, and I was like, God, why isn't anyone looking at these? These are your strategies. And he said, oh, to see them, you have to be laying down. I want to show my plans and my strategies and my ways to my laid down lovers. And then probably a day later, I was just asking the Lord again. And he showed me those fires in people's homes all over our city. And, and how the more I'm just thinking about the Lord purifying us, the more I realize we have to tend that fire that is him, that is purifying everything that is ungodly, that is taking off anything that so easily entangles, all the sin that so easily entangles. It's being burnt by the fire. You know, Danny Silk flew into London four years ago and he saw the city skyline and all the chimneys were without smoke coming out of them. Now, 40 years ago, 
That doesn't happen. 40 years ago, there's no central heating and air, and so all those chimneys are billowing smoke because everyone's cold, so they light a fire. But the city had advanced beyond tending to their fires. We cannot advance beyond tending our fire. That fire is the purest gift of the Lord to convict and draw us near to him and help us to hear his voice more. We need a fresh baptism of fire. We need to let that fire work on us. We need to let it mold us so that we start looking like our king. Let's stand. I'd love to pray over us. If you all put your hands on your heart, if you'll join us in your homes and just stand up and put your hand on your heart. Jesus, Jesus, we're so hungry for you. God, make our hearts so tender. God, will you show us where we've hardened our heart? God, I just repent for hardening my heart because it's easy or hardening my heart because I'm offended. God, I want, to, I want my heart to break for what breaks yours. Father God, we are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. We invite your refining in this season. I don't want to miss it. In all this shaking, Father, have your way. My life for your glory. You can have it all. You can have it all. God, we repent for a hard heart. Make us, make us tender to you. Make us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God, I ask right now that if we are in 
just a season of our heart being hardened, that you would remind us, bring to memory right this minute a moment that we had a tender heart towards you. You can step right back into that moment. It's the spirit of prophecy. He's done it before in your life. He can do it again. He's spoken to you in that still small voice before. He can do it again. God, we're crying out for a fresh baptism of fire. God, we need you. We want to be led by you and you alone. I want to be discipled by the way you moved on this earth. I want to hear what you're saying and do what you're doing and nothing else. I'm going to read that John 17 again. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Set them apart. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. God, set us apart. <laughs> Make us like you. We invite your refining fire. We invite those coals. We invite you. Make us tender and sensitive to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.